Politics edition of the Revolution Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today on this Tuesday morning as we break down some of the top politics news stories from well, basically since early last week. It's been about a week since we last talked about politics. There really wasn't much going on the latter half of last week other than the Omicron variant. The Omicron variant, excuse me. And um, so we didn't want to rehash that. We had already talked about it, talked about the media hysteria, but we finally got some more news. And that's my thing. I just don't want to continually rehash stuff. So I want to have something new for you when you come when we, we come in. There is something new here. We got a couple of new stories that have broke since the last time we talked. Um, but this is pretty much it. It still revolves around COVID. It still revolves around the Omicron variant. But it's other actions that have been taken to help kind of, I guess you'd say, if you're a Democrat make you feel safe about the variant and uh, what actions they're taking to try to get rid of the virus and all that. I mean, they don't really have any real stuff that they're putting in place that they hadn't tried before. And we have an example of this where we look in New York City just to get started off. Um, That's the first story. This is the main story we're going to talk about and just some other kind of stuff that sprinkles in along with it, why it's just insanity and the way they move. But if anyone paid attention to the news stories yesterday, we saw that New York City announces their first in the nation, first in the whole entire country, a vaccine mandate for private companies that just we saw Biden where he had the OSHA mandates and stuff like that that applied to uh, to businesses but at the same time though that was if you fell in a certain category they're saying it doesn't matter how many you have how many people you have in your business it doesn't matter what your qualifications are any of that if you are in New York City you have to get vaccinated Within the next three weeks, they're giving everyone to the 27th of December to get vaccinated. If you are not vaccinated, then essentially they'll close your business down if you don't follow the rules. Obviously, there's going to be some other violations and stuff, but if you continually do not follow these laws or this mandate that Bill de Blasio has put in, basically as he's going out the door, his term's getting ready to end, and we see Eric Adams getting ready to step in as the new NYC mayor, but basically going out the door puts in the strictest, most what I would call dick. dictatorial uh mandate we've seen so far in the in the u.s just this whole city where we know there's thousands and thousands of businesses they're estimating right now that this will basically apply for a hundred over 184,000 businesses that are in nyc and that means you don't have a choice if you don't i mean if you don't want the vaccine well it's too bad you either take it or you get shut down you can't live your life and it's just insanity. We also see where this also applies to where they're saying now that you ha- – we already knew they had vaccine passports up there for a lot of stuff, especially some of the bigger venues. Um, but now it's expanded to other stuff as they've went along, like bars and restaurants. But now it's, they're even taking it a step further, and now they're requiring kids that are in between the ages of 5 and 11 who were, the vaccine was just opened up to. They now have to present a COVID passport um, or your your va- vaccine certificate, whatever you want to call it, the little paper that they give you that says, hey, I've been vaccinated, or your QR code that they're giving you and say, hey, I've been vaccinated. A 5- and 11-year-old cannot go to McDonald's and get a Happy Meal without having it. I mean, that's just absolute insanity from, from that standpoint. And they continue to try to put this stuff in constantly. They keep saying vaccines work and then the mandates work, but – these places that where they say the vaccines work and that the mandates work, they continually have some of the higher caseloads that we see in the whole entire nation. But if you look down in Florida, there's no mandates. There's no mandates allowed there based off of uh, legislation that Governor Ron DeSantis has signed there. 
they have the lowest case total there. And I know some people are, are going to say, well, it's colder up, up there in the north and it's warmer and more people are – yeah, that plays a part in it. But that, guess what that's called? That's called seasonality. That means when it's hot inside, that's why you saw cases kind of go up during the summer in, in Florida because people don't go outside because it's so hot. They're inside in the air condition. So you see cases go up a little bit. And then during the winter, it's nice outside. So people down there, they go outside so the case lows drop. You see where it's cold up north during the winter. So they, what they do is they go inside. Case numbers go – it's not it's not hard to figure out. It's common sense stuff. But we continue to try to use – tactics that we've already tried before where we're going to vaccinate everyone you're going to mask up social distance do all this and it continually does not work and it's just like i consistently say on this show trying to do something and expect trying to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result is insanity i mean that's that's simply what it is it makes no sense there is no backing to any of this it's just the idea of this is our opportunity to get control and we're going to I mean, use any venue we possibly can to get that. So what you have here, you have all these businesses that are there. So the question is, how does this, how is this going to affect NYC? I would expect a lot of businesses to, I mean, I guess you would say pull out and move, I mean, somewhere else. I think you'll see some do that. But at the same time, though, you kind of feel bad for a lot of people who are just stuck. I mean, some people don't necessarily have the resources to just up and move their family, up and move their business. They don't have that. But, uh, I, I mean, this is just this is just an idea. We know some people can't, but we know a lot of people do. There was a realtor that was on a show that I listened to. It was a Glenn Beck show this morning. They were talking about how they, um, the realtor, every time that they have a new mandate that comes into place in their area, they instantly get – like their business just skyrockets because they get so many people that are trying to put their house up for sale. They're trying to leave. They're trying to find freedom. So you see people like this flocking to Texas. You see them flocking to Florida. You find them flocking to Tennessee. All of these red states that have no mandates that continually just want to move on with life and that somehow continually have lower case numbers than these places. And I know there's a, there's more people in these areas. But if you have a vaccine rate that they, that they do, have consistent vaccines, have mass mandates at all these places that they've had. I mean, they've basically had them continually. I mean, I can't even tell you the last time that New York dropped their mass mandate, and we know they've had vaccine mandates in place since earlier this year when they put them in play. Um, but it, it, it's just crazy because you have those high of vaccine rates, but you still continually have have cases. And they say, oh, well, you're going to have breakthrough cases. But, yeah, if it, if it works the way it's supposed to, though, you shouldn't have that many cases. And on top of it, if your whole idea is having these mandates in place just so you can simply – what they say, stop the spread, obviously that doesn't work. So there's no, I mean, that's what their whole justification is for it. We're going to stop COVID-19. Well, it actually doesn't stop COVID-19. You can still get it. And so there, this was basically what de Blasio called, he basically called this a preemptive strike when it comes to uh, make, making sure that they go forward with this and that they, uh, it's bold steps to make sure that they can go ahead and subvert the the Omicron variant that's getting ready to come through. Yeah, preemptive strike is exactly what he called it, and to basically get ahead of it. But that's what I'm saying. They do this, but the whole, I guess you say, overreaction to the Omicron variant in the first place was that that it might get around the effectiveness of the vaccine. But if you're just going to turn around and make people get the vaccine that's not even ready for the Omicron variant, it just don't add up. It makes no sense. But they tell you, oh, it's going to help, but it, it doesn't. If that's the variant you're worried about, the reason why you're doing this, the reason why New York, I mean, almost two weeks ago at this point now, uh, Governor Hochul there in, in New York already put in a state of emergency before it even got there. I mean, but you're over here trying to shove vaccines in people's arms that doesn't even 
change the fact that this can still break through pretty easily. If the, I mean, if that's what the whole worry about it is. And to make matters even worse, we have doctors that continually come out. We've had doctors from John Hopkins now. We've had doctors from all over the country. Even where it originated in South Africa, they've already said they have not had one single severe case of the Omicron variant anywhere. We have not seen a hospitalization from it anywhere. We now see where there's over 60 cases of it in England. Not a single severe case anywhere in England. There, now it's in about 20 states here in the United States now. We've seen where cases have already popped up from this. Not a single person has died of the Omicron variant. Not a single person has been in the hospital. It is basically a cold. It is basically a flu that is coming around when? Seasonality, when it's getting colder and we see people inside more. That is exactly what happens. And that is exactly what takes place when you have, I mean, when you have seasonality. It's what happens with the cold. It's what happens with with the flu. We see people get it these times of the year because it's seasonality. It's part of it. It is endemic. It is no longer a pandemic. They keep trying to talk about this is a pandemic. It's not a pandemic anymore. We're not even at pandemic levels anymore. We haven't been at pandemic levels anymore for well over a year now. But they continue to put mandates in place and act like the unvaccinated are still killing people. That is one, A, that is not true. B, I mean, that has never been a fact from the first in the first place. This this vaccine does not stop the spread whatsoever. They'll make five year olds mask up and make five year olds have a have a vaccine certificate just to stop nothing because you're not stopping anything. But their insanity just continually reaches another level. And so New York City, I fully expect. I think you'll see businesses suffer. I think some will shut down. I mean, sadly, I think some will take the vaccine because I'm. I don't say sadly in terms of getting the vaccine. If you want the vaccine, get it. I mean. I have some concerns about it, and I'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But at the same time, I think it's sad that people are going to be forced to do this because they don't have another choice what to do. They're so afraid of losing their livelihood, they are going to get it. That's part of it, and they these people know it. They know people are scared, and they know they've backed them into a corner, so they have no other choice. Thankfully, some people, including myself, don't have to worry about that type of that type of thing happening. But uh, I mean, it's just insanity, and it's also insanity from from other than that standpoint. It's also insanity to see. To see how this is a blunt violation of constitutional rights and how you can just mandate everything from a small small business perspective. And I know they try to keep using that old case back from the 19, early 1900s where they say the city mandated uh, or the, the state mandated vaccines for everyone with smallpox outbreaks. But you don't, what you don't understand about that, even when you did have those outbreaks and you did have the mandates there, they just charged you a simple fine that was the equivalent of like $5 and then the people walked away and that was the end of it. Like, no one got scared over everything. They understood it was a person's choice because America actually understood that back in the day. Now, in any blue states, they don't care what your rights are. They're just going to continue to erode them into the point where you have none anymore. And I know a lot of people have said, you know, why should, you know, some of us want to move, but some of us also think we should stay and we should fight back against it. That's great, but you, I mean, what are you going to do? You can, I mean, you're outnumbered eight to one there. You have to, you have to be smart when you're going to fight back against, uh, fight back against certain stuff. And what I mean by that is if you're outnumbered eight to one there in New York, Democrats to Republicans, and you have that one pers- that one person or that, that group of one person of, of that number, you get what I'm trying to say. But what I'm saying is if you have that group and they stand up, yeah, that's still a lot of people. But in the end, though, I mean, the only way you're effectively going to get that type of change is going to be voting-wise. And so you, and especially there, you're going to get outnumbered voting-wise. You're not going to get the change you want, so you're fighting a losing battle constantly the whole time. So this would be my advice is to go and leave and go to a red state, fortify red states where you get to the point where you don't have these purple states anymore. Go to these 
purple states, Georgia, these type of places that you're going to see battles that are going to take place between Democrats and Republicans that are leaning either way, where you can go and fortify it for red states, but that way you constantly have more red states that will help in the Electoral College, but also keep them red so they can continually have red governors there that are willing to stand up against this type of stuff. Where you don't, because I mean, you can stay in New York. You can say you're going to fight back against it, but it's not going to change until you can vote those people out. And you don't have the numbers there to vote people out. You just don't. A sim- similar situation in California. We saw where there was enough people to do a recall against Gavin Newsom, the governor there in California, but they didn't even come close to being able to get to the numbers to vote him out. I mean, he won by almost a 30% margin. And that's after everything he did that was, I mean, just absolutely terrible. And we saw California have some of the most people dead because of COVID-19. They just mismanaged the whole situation. So, I mean, just just insanity on on so many different levels with this whole with this whole entire thing and I'm there's they're continually moving they're continually moving and just a uh to the point where like I said, it's just where they're going to force it on you. They're going to erode your rights away where they don't care. And what's even more scary, this is why people think this way and the reason why people do is the media. Go back to the media. I always constantly go back to them because they are I would say about ninety percent of the problem. The other, the other ten percent is the politicians and the the crazy people that we have that are far left Democrats. But the ninety percent is the media because people sit in front of their TV and they sit there and they listen to the absolute crap that they feed them constantly, saying that it's okay to take away people's rights as long as it's in the name of public health or public safety, and. Just basically shoving it down your throat that the Republicans are wrong about anything, and then they, cause they'll, they'll put on Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, and she'll talk about how great Biden is and how their policies are, are working when they're not. You basically are getting propaganda all day, every day, and the more you listen to that, the more stuff you will believe when it comes to, the, to what they're putting out there. And I'm going to give you a prime example here. We're going to look at this real quick. This is Jim Cramer from uh, – let me get it right real quick. This is from CNM, CNBC host jim kramer he talks about essentially that he thinks that we should use the military have a universal vaccination mandate for the whole entire united states and then basically enforce it and use the military to run it so i'm going to play this quick this quick clip for you real quick and let you listen to this lord knows what happened if you didn't partake but back then anyone who refused to get vaccinated would get ratted out immediately because we knew that person could hurt other people the commonweal was a a commonwealth. Now we're engaged in a similar struggle with COVID, and Eisenhower would be aghast. We have immunocompromised people who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated? That's psychotic. We have companies that have tried hard to get people vaccinated and now backing down? We have governors who want to be president by grandstanding on a foolish state's right issue? The right to get sick and get other people sick? So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. And even then, you need to help in the war effort by staying home until we finally beat this thing. I mean, there there you go. I mean, that's what you're getting through the media from from these far left, these far left places. He talks about how it's psychotic that some of these these governors are standing on states rights issues over over the the. The public health issue of what COVID is. That's because that's exactly what it's all about. You can sit here and say it's public health. You can sit here and say it's all that. It's not. It comes down to a it, to a state's right issue. It comes down to making sure that people have the right to choose. If they do not have the right to choose, you have nothing. If they take that away, they take away your basic rights. You have nothing at that point. You say you can force a vaccine that has a 99.7% chance of survival 
even without the vaccine, they can force you to take a vaccine for that. They can force you to take anything for whatever they want. They can, they will use some public health emergency. They will use some emergency, whatever you name it. They will use whatever they possibly need to to get you to move in that direction to make sure that they get what they want. And if you don't have those states' rights and you don't have that ability to push back against them, then you have nothing. And so this is what you get through the news media. Constant, what I like to call fear porn, where they continually push it, keep it in your face no matter what, even though just a, another variant, which is basically the cold is going around, they scare you into thinking that it's just the end of the world. You believe it, and that the only way to solve it is basically forcing needles in every person's arm. I talked about it last last time we talked on the politics episode. Talked about how we see people that on social media, like Reddit users that I, I, I read an example of, talking about how they felt that parents should have their kids held down and forcefully vaccinated against their own will, and basically make the parents watch and feel like they're helpless. I mean, that's insanity, but they get it from these type of people here. We hear we're on CNN where they they bring in these doctors that say that they need, they're not real doctors, they're propagandists. And they come in and they say that we need to have mass vaccination and the only way we'll get it is by mandating it. And if, if, you, if they don't get it, they should be basically kicked out of public life, not be able to go to the grocery store, not be able to do this, not be able to do that. And if they got their way, that's what they would do. But thankfully, we have red state governors that are sticking up for it, sticking up for states' rights and the people's ability to choose. And if we didn't have that, we'd be in a worse situation. We'd probably be, if we didn't have our, our guns and we didn't have our states' rights, we would probably just be, be just like Australia, like Germany, all these other countries now that are around the world that are forcing people into, I mean, in Australia, they're basically having tournament camps or what I like to call concentration camps they you know try to show videos of where people are living so nice and they're so nice but you can't even leave your little room that you have there i mean you're basically locked in and they tell you you have to stay for 14 days we heard about stuff like that we've talked we saw where plans were drawn up where fema camps were possibly going to be put up for stuff like that but because the state's rights, people pushing back against that, they're too scared to do it. They know the citizens have weapons. We've talked about this before. Australia weapons were taken back in the early, I mean, the late 1990s, and now they have no longer have weapons. They have nothing to fight back against the government there with. So they're basically at the government's mercy. We're not like that here in America, and there's a reason for that. But, uh, I mean, just absolute insanity on that part. But this is something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about and why – some, they want to use the Omicron variant as basically a doomer situation. I'm going to bring some light to it in terms of how this could be a a good situation for this variant arising. And the reason why I say that, we're seeing where this is basically just a mild form. It's not very strong whatsoever. It's not... It's not affecting people that much. They're getting the the basically getting the sniffles. They might have a light fever. They're basically getting a cough. That's all they're getting. And what you're seeing is this vaccine resistant and then on top of it it's easily spread now that sounds terrible all the way around um, but like i said you heard the symptoms it's not that bad so if it's getting around the vaccines and it's getting around to people and it's not that bad then that means more people will get it and if people have that they will have natural immunity that can protect against other variants and they will have the T-cells that are there to be able to produce natural immunity against other variants and know how to fight it. But they don't want to tell you about that stuff. They want you to think that the only way is for the vaccine. It helps line their pockets, the vaccine manufacturers. It helps line people in the government that have stock in these companies. There's just so many different issues on why they want this vaccine in your arm no matter what. And they tell you that's the only way, but it doesn't have to be. And this is how anything is gone. We've seen it so many times all around the world with viruses and stuff like that where 
you can vaccinate and you can vaccinate and you can vaccinate, but it doesn't necessarily fully stop transmission and it doesn't fully stop the virus from getting around. The only way to fully get it is where you get herd immunity across the board. And well, I think the Omicron variant is possibly the way where that could actually help us get even further towards that. So that is good news in that they won't tell you that, but I'm going to tell you that. And that's what we like doing here at Revolution Sports. We like to tell you the truth about situations and let you hear some of the good news that's involved with it while they sit here and try to, to, tell you that it's the end of the world it's the next thing and that the you know the unvaccinated are going to kill you but next thing up oh, this is kind of just off the same topic though talking about this real quick this is something that i came across and this is why i said i'm kind of hesitant on the vaccine have been i mean that's why i haven't got it but i also don't need it i'm young i'm healthy i don't need i mean i don't need something else i have natural immunity on top of it and i have had covid a little while back so i mean it's I don't need it. But what's crazy, and this is another reason why I've, a lot of people, including myself, have been hesitant about it in the first place, is we see this article just came out from Free West Media just a couple of days ago. It was just updated today, but it was originally published November the 26th. We saw where there's been at least 69 athletes collapse in one month from myocarditis, which is basically the inflammation of the heart, and every single one of them have been vaccinated. We all know that myocarditis, myocarditis is something that people have or has been a side effect of the vaccine in the first place. Well, here's another stat for you real quick. 13 people just in 2021 have died from collapsing through sports events. And no, there hasn't been that many during a span since going all the way back to 1889. In one year, we've had that many. And it's come from oversizing of the heart, inflammation of the heart from the vaccine. But you don't hear about that stuff. They don't want to tell you about the side effects. They might throw it in there when you're not paying attention. They might throw it in there as that little, you know, where you see the commercial. They tell you the real quick about the product, and then they throw the little, the little disclaimer about what this can cause. They don't really even tell you about that when it comes to this. But you have 69 in a span of a month collapse, and then you have 13 over the span of just one year that have died from inflammation of the heart. And they're on these clubs. These on. Most of them have been soccer players, but we see where they're they're being vaccinated because they're overseas and they're being forced to get it wherever they're at. And then they get out there and they play, and the heart just can't. I mean, the inflammation of the heart causes them to collapse. And we've seen thirteen die just this year. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, these people that are playing over there—they're some of the healthiest people of the world. They're young. They're in their twenties and their thirties, maybe the forties at the absolute most. They're young people that don't even need this in the first place, but. By getting this, they put themselves more at risk from myocarditis than they actually do from anything that COVID-19 is going to give them. That's why I said it just goes along with the whole idea. It's just absolute insanity. They want to say they're following the science, but they don't look at the science. This is science right here. They don't want to tell you that the 5- to 11-year-olds that you're now going to force vaccinate in, in New York City are more susceptible to die from myocarditis than they actually are from COVID-19. They released a study in Germany just over this past weekend that shows that from all this time for with the pandemic since it's been in Germany, they've shown that kids from the ages of 5 to 17 have not had one single death from COVID-19. Then why the heck are you vaccinated? It doesn't stop transmission. There is no reason for it whatsoever other than just because they want to help line their pockets with it and it allows them basically a way to get control. I mean, there's no other way around it. It's absolute insanity. And the only way to stop them is to continue to push back, continue to bring light to these situations and show them that there's... I mean, it's not right. So, 
looking down the list real quick, we're just going to talk about just, I think we got just one more quick story real quick, and then we're going to wrap up for the day. But this one just came out just the other day. We see where Stacey Abrams has now launched her 2022 bid for governor in Georgia. And if you're in Georgia, all I got to say is you better be praying hard she doesn't become your governor. We saw where she ran back in 2018, and she was saying that she basically won the governorship because it was a it was a close race. They even did a recount and all that, and Brian Kemp still won. But here's the problem. This is why I say if you're in Georgia, you got you really need to pray that she doesn't get elected. One, she's like one of the crazy Democrats. We've seen her run for some of the worst people. I mean, help campaign for some of the worst people in our country. We've seen the policies that she runs off of. She wants to raise taxes in Georgia. And I tell you right now, this is where it gets even worse. The Democrats are going to continue to prolong COVID as long as they possibly can. They're going to continue to drag this out, and they're—I mean, I wouldn't be—I mean, it's—we're about to be in 2022. They're going to drag it easily over into there. So the question is, how long can they drag this out? I think they'll try to at least drag it out to the midterms, try to get mail-in voting some more. Uh, this variant just gives them another way to, like I said, push out fear porn, scare people into saying that you can't go to the polls and vote. Um, so. What I'm saying is, by that, though, if they continue to push this, continue to use this, and she gets in office, she will bring all these mandates, all these same stipulations, regulations that they have in all these blue states. It'll come to Georgia, and it'll come instantly because they'll say, hey, we just won the two Democrat seats back in 2020. Now we just won the governorship in 2022. We're sitting here. We're basically a blue state at this point. We're moving in that direction. So I got grandparents. I got some other people I've been telling already. If she gets elected, you might as well just move out, move across the border, go to Alabama, go to Florida, go somewhere else, because I mean, that's not the place you're going to want to be. And uh, I mean, I we got Brian Kemp that's going to run against her. I don't think he has a prayer. No one really likes him. Even the Republicans are not a big fan of him after some of the stuff that he pulled around the 2020 elections. Um, I don't necessarily agree, disagree. I'm not going to get into that type of stuff. That's that's that far back. I mean, it's a little while now, but um, he's not my favorite. I think he's been kind of soft on some issues. So we see where David Perdue is now stepping into the ring and talking about where he's going to run as well. It would be nice to see him actually maybe win the nomination over Kemp. The problem is, though, is that neither one of them, to me, are going to inspire much of an outcome. Uh, the only thing that might save either one of them if they do actually – I mean, if they for them to have a shot, we know Stacey Abrams is going to get the Democratic nomination for the governor there in Georgia. I mean, there's been a lot of people that that like her. Um, she obviously pour, pulls a majority of a of the African American vote. She'll do that once again. Um, but like I said, the only thing that would really give them a shot when it comes down to this is if how bad the whole Democrats have been, the Dem- the Biden administration has been since he's been in office. We saw where in Virginia they were able to flip to red completely because of basically a kickback or a pushback from how bad the, de- the Democrats have been this year. We saw where that was almost the case in New Jersey. So the question is, does that carry over to 2022? And if it does, it makes things very interesting because someone could still beat her. Because right now, she, to me, she seems like the favorite. We saw in 2020 where, like I said, the two Democrats got elected as the senators and John Ossoff and um, – I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, um, Warnock. Uh, we saw where both of them got into office as the senators there. They'll be, they'll at least be in run against in 22 again. But to me, she at least seems like the favorite as the governor just because she is going to have so much of that African-American vote. She's going to get the areas like Atlanta where you have that population there. Um, 
and we saw how close she was last time. We've seen where Georgia seems like they have moved a little bit more to the left because I think with the movie industry there, Atlanta being so big, I think you're seeing more people pull into that area. Um, so she she is the favorite. So if you gotta you gotta be careful and watch this one because this is gonna be one of those. It's still probably gonna be close because I mean even the the senator elections were close. It's just gonna be a matter if that the the people come out in mass to vote against the blue this time and the red comes out and just basically has a red wave, which is, I mean, it's a full-on possibility. We've seen how bad Biden and the Democrats have been. We saw where Virginia, where we didn't even think it was possible for a red governor or a a red Republican to actually win there, and they basically swept the whole state and completely flipped it, and it wasn't really even that close. Um, So, I mean, we saw it there. There's no reason to say that they couldn't do the same thing here in Georgia. It's definitely a possibility. But for me, when you look at Brian Kemp, you look at David Perdue, they're people that that don't necessarily inspire, I guess you say, other people to go out and vote. There's nothing about them that really sticks out. They're not – I know a lot of people, when they are a person of color, they can inspire people of color to vote for them. Um, So, I mean, that's just the truth. I'm just being bluntly honest about it, but – we don't. I mean, we don't have any of that here. To me, it's just going to be two basic old men that are running against each other. And I'm not saying I disagree fully with their policies. I'm just saying from the looks of it and how it looks compared to what they ran off of in, 20, in 2020, 2018, how stuff kind of shifted a little bit, how it continually shifted that direction. It's a possibility, I think, right now that she would be the front runner, which is absolutely terrible because you do not want her policies there. But um, it's it's definitely it's going to be interesting to, to see along the way. But when I talk about what's going to be another thing that's going to be interesting about that, we've already heard Herschel Walker running against Warnock in there in Georgia. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they have the split. We know people are going to go out and vote for Herschel. I fully expect him to beat Warnock in that race. It's just going to be interesting to see if there's a split there. If you know Herschel as a Republican gets in as a senator and Abrams doesn't, I mean, I mean. In, I mean, Herschel gets in as a Republican and Abrams gets in as a Democrat. That's going to be interesting to see, and I think it's also a possibility. There's just a, a weird weird trend that's been going on in Georgia, so hopefully it reverts back and they just go full red. But that's something to watch for. That's one of those ones that I am – I am I wouldn't necessarily say optimistic. I'm cautious about because of just the way they've trended. And that could have just been because of uh, – you don't really have that candidate, but, I mean, they have the opportunity to do that here now. you got Herschel Walker there, but – I just wish they'd find someone a little bit better to run in Georgia. I mean, it's Georgia for crying out loud. You could find a lot of good people, but um, it'd be interesting to see. But hopefully she does not win because that would just be the worst possible outcome for the state of Georgia. But with that said, though, that's that's pretty much the show today. That's all we got today for you. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on on COVID. That's really been the dominant headline going around right now. Um, but – that's what it is, and that's what it'll probably be for a little bit. We'll be talking about it, continually trying to dis or not trying. We'll continue to disprove their madness as they continue to push mandates and vaccines and all that type of hysteria along the way. I'm sure here soon we'll have of an update when it comes to um, just some of the other situations when it comes down to the vaccine mandates as they're in court. We saw where this is just a quick little headline I'm throwing out that we saw where Biden tried to get the the OSHA vaccine mandate moved to a more favorable court where it's at in the uh, the district. So um, they said no to his appeal to move it. So it's stuck where it's at right now, which is going to be in a conservative court. So we fully expect that to be shot down. Um, but like I said, you just never know on certain stuff. That's something we'll keep you updated on. But it's looking good in terms of keeping that out of out of play. So. 
that's just a quick headline out there. We'll keep you up to date as more stuff comes out. Um, quick update real quick. Something that we're going to do that we haven't obviously done before because this is the first year that we've, I mean, done anything um, when it comes to Revolution Sports. We're doing a what's called Capital One Bowl Mania. It's going to be on ESPN um, where you go in, you're going to pick your bowl game. We're having a group called Revolution Sports where you can go and put your bracket, or not your bracket, that'd be March Madness, but you can go and pick your bowl games on who you think is going to win this year in the bowl games in the college football season. Whoever wins out of that our group, who's entered in our group, enters their entries into our group. Well, you obviously have a shot at the prize that Capital One's throwing out there. I'm not exactly sure the amount on it, but it's just something fun we're going to do here at Revolution Sports where if you join, you end up winning your bowl picks or the the highest. You get the highest percentage of the of the picks. We're going to have a prize pack for people. We're going to have um, some different merchandise from us here at uh, Revolution Sports, some stuff you'll find in the item shop. We'll have a gift card in it. Um, just a cool little prize that we're going to do for something a little bit fun. So make sure you spread that around. The link will go out this morning at some time, so be looking for that. Um, you can go on there, just pick your team, go on there and just make sure you join our sport, our, our group. It's just going to be called revolution sports. We already got a couple of entries in there now, just from a couple of people I know. Um, but make sure you join that way you can sign up and get some, get some of our merchandise and also get you a gift card. So just a fun little prize. Uh, but that will be releasing later today. So make sure you look for that. Uh, but with that said though, that's been the show. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you Thursday on the sports episode. Oh, 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 oh,